Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Manipod podcast brought to you by Manipause.com. You know that old saying, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush? Well, that doesn't apply today because we have a couple of bushes. Our guests today are Bill and Peter Bush, financial planners and retirement specialists who have written a book that anyone over 50 really must read called The Runway Decade, Building a Pre-Retirement Flight Plan in Your 50s. They're going to enlighten us on why it's not too late to get your retirement plans in place. So welcome, gentlemen. Hey, guys. How's it going? Glad to be here. Yeah, happy to be here. Pete, Bill, nice to meet you guys. Uh, Read the book. Such a great book. I think... think, in my opinion, Larry said when you're 50, but I, I think it needs to start way earlier. I mean, serious, if I knew the stuff that's in your book uh, in my 30s and 40s, I would have been way better off. But uh, when is the best time to start? Hey, well, you hit the nail on the head. The earlier, the better, you know, but if you haven't started yet, tomorrow's the best day or today is <laughs> today, the best right. day. Yeah, I think, we all- you know, when we're concentrating on the 50s, it's kind of that mindset change that really hits a lot of people in the face when they hit that mark of 50. All of a sudden, it's like that concept of, gosh, my career is more than half over. There's something called retirement at the end of this runway down there. And by golly, if I haven't done anything yet, I better get ready. And even if I had done a lot of things, there's a lot of organization and and mindset that needs to come into play to make sure the takeoff happens right. Yeah, we yeah. always say the best day, the best time to invest is when you have the money. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, we, we'll hear these. Mike and I are fortunate, and I'm sure you guys are too, that we actually have made a good living. And even with maybe occasional extravagant spending, you know, we've been disciplined enough to put money into 401ks and retirement plans and, and all that kind of thing. So, you know, ours kind of started early, but uh, I know my dad, who was a salesman and, and, and stuff, he didn't really have a safety net and, and he struggled because he, you know, the amount of money he made every year was just enough to pay his bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much able to just say, hey, I think I'll put 20000 into my retirement account, right? So I think that's something that, uh, and I, I have a feeling a lot of our audience is in that position. But occasionally you hear these stories, like there was one that just came out about, Ocho, what was his name, Ocho Rios or something, the football player? Ocho Cinco. Ocho Cinco, yeah. Where he wore fake jewelry and didn't buy these big cars, and he's loaded now, <laughs> you know? He made the right choices and or you'll read about a janitor that worked for 35 years as a janitor and had a million dollars in savings. So for a lot of people who watch our stuff, that ship has sailed. They can't start at 25 or 30 anymore. So this, I think, is going to be really vital information for them. What's step one? You're 52 years old. You realize, oh, my God, you know, I've got maybe 10, 12 good years to work. I got to change my stuff here. What am I going to do to get my retirement account puffed up? Yeah, you know, I think the the first step is the mindset around the need. Um, And that people don't like to hear the word budgeting. Uh, That sounds restrictive and constraining and, you know, uh, negative. Uh, But the the truth of it is, is the budgeting and cash flow piece of it comes first because you got to get your arms around your expenses. 
And you hit on a couple of these things. You said the word choices and, you know, that gets to behavior. And the truth of it is a successful investing, successful saving, successful retirement planning is way more about behavior than what a particular investment's doing or what inflation is or what the market is doing. It's how you behave as a person and the choices you make. So I say cash flow and budgeting is where you got to start because that's where you're going to determine any discretionary income that you are going to be able to identify to put away. Yeah. And I would say, you know, back to another airline analogy here, I think the thing that needs to happen in the fifties is you, you hear the, the message that comes on when the oxygen mask should it deploy, put it on your face first and then take care of the person in the seat next to you. Um, Really, if you haven't done anything at this point, it's time to get a little selfish, you know, because it is your life, it is your retirement or your, you and your spouses. And so kind of that mindset comes into play too. It, it, there is still runway left, right? But it's time to take action now. Interesting. Um, you know, when I was reading your book, it made me think, and it made me very nervous to think that, you know, how do I budget myself? I have been one who is a spender, you know, all my life and, and my wife is same. And mm -hmm. so, gee, I don't know how I can live um, and budget myself. It's going to be really difficult. I want to leave money to my kids, um, but I also want to continue and have fun because we don't know how much time we have left. I'm 65. Don't say anything. I know I look 30. Um <laughs> And, and Larry is much younger than me. Um, but, you know, we, you know, we worry about that. And how do you budget if you've never been a budgeter? So where do we go? Yeah, the, you, you hit on the like, what do I want to do with my time? What do I want to do with my children? Where do we want to go? What do we want to see? What type of experiences do we want to have? And we actually do start the book out with this visioning process, you know, imagining, you know, again, we're audience in the 50s were kind of saying imagine yourself you know you're getting toasted by your best friend for a great job well done in your career and you know who's in the room with you what does that look like and then fast forward right past the day after where are you going what are you thinking where do you want to live what do you want to do bill just did a great video on that on our on our website and so starting there with that the idea the visioning process of it uh, that actually said, then you can back into, all right, if that's what we really want, what's this stuff going to cost, right? And then you can start making plans to allocate dollars um, and make choices and say, well, you know, because I want that, I'm not going to do this right now because I want to have the money to do that later. And again, back to the behavioral, that's a choice. Yeah, that's a really hard choice, I think, for a lot of people, because uh, I, I'm not sure that our generation originally was you know, I want it now, but we certainly turned into that maybe in the 80s and 90s uh, because things were, were doing well and, and, and there were so many cool things to have, whether it was technology or clothing or whatever. And so I think we need to relearn the idea that our parents and our grandparents, I mean, uh, if they could, they saved everything. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, and that's why, you know, the, the old joke about how they would put plastic on their furniture and stuff so that they could keep it for 100 years. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, I think that is a behavioral thing that has to change. Well, and I think another thing with our generation is, especially I know our family growing up, we didn't have a whole lot. You know, our parents grinded it out. And so when you do reach our generation has reached some level of success, man, you want to give your kids everything you can. Right. Every opportunity that you missed on, you know, Mm -hmm. And, and so that though, that obviously has a cost. But when you get to this age, it's like, man, I need to really concentrate on my plan. Right. Right. And, you know, my, my example is that I had uh, two daughters that that went uh, to uh, undergrad uh, college and they decided, you know, God forbid they should stay in California where I would have a reduced amount to pay <laughs> they were the most expensive schools in the yeah. United States, you know, and so that sucked a lot of money out of, you know, I look back and I think, God, you know, I'd probably have an extra million dollars or something by now had I not had to spend that. But, but that's also, that, that wasn't a, that wasn't a luxury. That was something I felt I needed to do. Right. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are in that. And then by the time they're in their mid fifties, the kids are launched and all that. And then they come back to this. It's like, wow, we, we spent a lot raising those kids. We don't want to live in their basement. What are we going to do? Right. Yeah. There's actually something that, that older people, like you talk to people in their eighties, that something that they fear worse than actually dying. And that is walking across town with their suitcase and asking their kids for help. Yeah. You know, so it is a, if you take that vision in your head and you're 55 or you're 60 right now, and you can fast forward yourself, I I think people underestimate um, how quickly that, that, that 20 years will lapse, right? Like how quickly time will go by. And I think if you can hold that picture in your mind and go, you know, that's an unacceptable outcome for me, I'm going to do what I need to do right now to start chipping away at it. And again, the book is, is written for a variety of people. You can tell it's, Hey, if you hadn't started yet, it's a pretty good read. If you if you're very successful, it's a pretty good read. We've had people that have said, man, you really made me think about these three things. I'm good on my retirement monies. I'm good on this. But you made me think about a couple of things I hadn't been thinking about. So that's good, too. Yeah, and there is a, a statement in there that I think applies to everyone, really, because you don't reach your 50s by not having some sort of regret. But in looking back, it's regret at this point that solves nothing, right? It's what are you going to do from this point forward? Because if you're just turning 50, chances are you got 32, 35, 40 years left. Don't capitulate and say, I'm just throwing in the towel. There's a lot of opportunities out there to make some progress. Yeah. 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 You know, Larry mentioned the plastic on the couches that your parents put on there. They didn't do the plastic just to keep it fresh. They, you know, the million dollars that they stuffed in their couches, they didn't want to make it easy for somebody to get to it. So yeah, it was, it I was in there. one of those. It was great. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, you know, um, people are working much longer these days. You know, I plan to work until I'm, you know, until I drop really not because I have to, because I want to. And so I think there's a lot of people out there thinking that way that, you know, yes, they hit retirement age, they, they retire at 65 or 66, but would you suggest that they follow their passion as we have followed our passion and do something else? And that's their fun money. And the rest of the money gets socked away. That's one question. The other question is, and if you have credit card debt, I am noticing that the credit card expenses, the interest rates are astronomical 
So what do they do with that? Yeah, you know, the the answer to the first question is, I, I think you're right. I, I, if you get fulfillment out of something in, in your later years and you can actually get paid to do it, uh, I think that's that's a plus. We see a lot of people that will leave really high paying uh, jobs that have gotten under their skin or gotten old or they just, you know, they're they want to retire from something instead of to something you know, uh, that they, they take a, they take the attitude that, uh, you know, I'm going to take a less paying job. That's really, really fulfilling and rewarding. And, and I will tell you this entrepreneurs are terrible at retirement. So you, you work with a lot of, we work with a lot of business owners that, you know, will sell their company and, you know, maybe there's a six month hiatus or, you know, a year, but then they, they start getting the, they start twitching, right. And they like got to go start mm-hmm. something new. Mm-hmm. So entrepreneurs don't retire well. Yeah, and that's the great message about that you guys have broadcast, right? It's like, hey, th- this is an opportunity to seize and do things you want to do in, in right. your senior years. And then, man, I applaud that for sure. I think, you know, to the interest rate point and the credit card, uh, obviously, if you can enter retirement, whatever that vision of or version is for you, if you can enter that debt free, that's awesome, especially if you have the biggest bill, the mortgage taken care of. But the credit card thing, you know, if, if that's eating you up and other bills and other debts, I would say seek out some tools and seek out some assistance. There's a lot of good resources out there. A simple one would be something like a debt snowball uh, Excel spreadsheet. You can put all your debts that you owe by what interest rate you're paying and the balances on them and work out a strategy to slowly or hopefully quickly peel those off one at a time. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a good point, Bill, because we, we say this a couple of times that if you can go into retirement healthy and with no debt, then retirement is a lot more affordable. Yeah, let's let's go back to that because you emphasize that in your book too, and you told a few anecdotal stories about <clears throat> men that have had heart attacks and things. Uh, that uh, that health is is something also that we uh, really push. You know, the idea of of uh, health and fitness and and staying active and hiking and and doing all these things and not just sitting on the couch, you know, eating bonbons and stuff. So. Um, <laughs> You know, that that plays a big role because talk about the, you know, people think, well, I'm going to have Medicare and so I'm going to be good. And but there are a lot of out of pocket expenses that you can, you know, be burdened with when you're older uh, as you're going to the doctor more and you need this, you need that, you need medications. And talk about that and how that needs to be factored into your retirement. Yeah, I saw an estimate uh, just the other day that uh, the average married couple will have to endure about $350,000 of medical expenses in retirement. That's pretty hefty, you know, so if you can get in front of that and be healthy and stay healthy, you can curtail, you know, some of those medical expenses. Now, of course, things like genetics and and general bad luck happened too along the way. But also there's some strategy there, even getting in front of that on the uh, savings and the financial end. Things like HSAs, you know, are a great way, triple tax advantaged uh, investments, you know, attached to a high deductible health plan. Those are a great strategy. Uh, But I just think, you know, concentrating on 
the financial piece, but also the health and just the vibrance and what am I going to do to stay that way in retirement? Those are two, two very important things that are coupled together. You brought up the HSA. Is that something, is that a plan your company has to offer you? So they take your pre-tax dollars and put it in, or can you do that yourself? Well, it, it is tied to a high deductible health plan that is uh, provided by an employer. And okay. so some employers actually contribute a little bit to that, uh, but most uh, it's the employee contributions, but it lowers mm -hmm. your taxable income in that year, it's tax deductible. And right. then when you pull it out for qualified expenses, you're not paying taxes on it and it's tax deferred along the way. You're not being taxed as it grows. Yeah, mm -hmm. I had one of those uh, for a period of time and, and it worked really well. I still have money in that account that we use oh. occasionally, yeah. but. But, it, you know, that really, you know, in my experience with our employees, I mean, it, it's it's really not for people who are making a working wage because the deductibles just get outrageous. I think mine yeah. was $6,000. Yep. For me, that wasn't a big deal. But for, you know, an employee that's making, you know, $25 an hour or something like that, that's mm -hmm. really onerous. And they, they'd be much better off with a plan that covers more with minimal yeah. deductibles. Well, and if you're a healthy person while you're in a high deductible, plan, right. it's great. You know, you don't have the out-of-pocket expenses. So there's three or four strategies in there on the HSA. It's put dollars in, immediately spend them for those things. But on the far end of that spectrum is I'm putting dollars in. I'm investing those dollars over a certain amount. Right. It's growing over time. I'm maximizing each year, putting it in. And almost is like a super Roth. But if you stay in it multiple years and it grows over time. Yeah. So, we, there, there, well, I'm just, you know, there, the we don't want to take up too much of your time, but and nor do we want to be, uh, um, uh, you know, it's sometimes like at a party where people come up and I spend the entire party answering medical questions, right? <laughs> um, you know, basically, um, you know, we want to kind of get uh, sort of uh, some nuggets summarized of like the, the four or five main things. If you're 55 years old right now and, and you don't really have a good strategy, what you should do. But uh, it, dovetailing with that, though, is my my feeling, especially after talking to you guys in my own experiences, that's not something that you want to Google and and then try and figure it out yourself. It seems to me that there are people like you who can answer those questions and put people on the path. And this book, as helpful as it is, is not is not you don't follow this book for details. You follow this book with the idea that, hey, there are things I can do. You have a whole strategy map in here, but I need somebody to help me do it. So, right. so talk about the, the you know, the um, the positives of, of getting some sort of financial advisor. And then what are the four or five things that you would recommend to somebody who has been working all their lives at a mid-level job, has very little savings because they sent their kids to college, blah, blah, blah and now wants to really accelerate things. Yeah, look, the we wrote the book um, more as a encouragement, motivator, uh, inspirational uh, piece to uh, get people just thinking and, and start to really focus on your situation. Because a lot of people do stumble forward day to day and it's, you know, when it's Groundhog Day, you know, and the, the next day after the next. And so that was the intent of the book. And that's good because, you know, 
that you could hold up a retirement book and people go, oh, geez, another book about retirement. But, <laughs> right. but, but this book has a lot of little anecdotes and stories, as you guys know, a lot of little perspectives and things that go, okay, this is not like heavy lifting analytical, right. but it does have a lot of questions in there that you need to be asking yourself. And that's, that's, the, that's the number one thing to start doing is like, it's not so much that people don't have the answers. They don't know what the questions are. Right. And we'd say a lot of times around here, it's, you know, even for people that have had a lot of success, they, they don't necessarily come here to get their questions answered. They come here to get their answers questioned. And that flips it around a little bit. And, you know, you, you read the quote in there, you can't read the label from inside the jar. An outside pair of eyes has just a different perspective and says, well, look, I can hold up the mirror and go, this is what we see. Right. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of what you intended or what you really want? So that that's the first thing I would say about the book is if you dive into it, uh, just know that it's it's going to ask you a lot of questions and and get a notepad out and start jotting down some answers. Yeah. And I think it's looking in the mirror and figuring out what's in your way or what's been in your way. Right. You know, we see some common obstacles there. First one is disorganization. People just don't have their stuff together right? Sometimes it's freezing in fear. What if I make a mistake because I've gotten this far? I don't have too much, but man, I really can't make mistakes going forward. And then there's just this whole confusion, this, you know, the financial industry uh, probably doesn't do a great job of simplifying things and tax laws and regulations are changing all the time. So there's you know, some complexity in there. And, and then just the whole thing of, gosh, I'm too busy. I'm just in my day-to-day uh, mindset. And so it's figuring out which one, which one of those obstacles or more than one of those obstacles applies to you and hitting it straight on. And if that means an accountability partner to help you with that, that's even better. So let me ask you guys something. This is a, this is a question from, from 50 to 65. Um, you know, a lot of people have 401ks and they watch them daily. Okay. And they probably set their 401k up in, in mutual funds, invested it in that. And they watch them as when the market's up, it's great. But when the market's down, it really goes down a lot. And I've had so many of our employees say, yeah, I just lost about 20, 25% of my say or of my plan. I'm going to have to work forever. Mm-hmm. Would you say, and, and this is a financial question for you guys, as far as advice to yeah. us, would you say to be risky early on in life and less risky later, or would you say be less risky all the way through because slow and steady wins the race? And even if you're only making five or 10% a year, it sure adds up later on. So just your advice. Well, there's a spot in there where we talk, we actually define what, what we define as risk. And, and most people, I, I think you would say, I define risk as, man, I, there's a chance I might lose all my money. And in, in a broader basket of uh, portfolio, like let's, we use the S&P 500 as the, as the proxy, you know, but um, that's 500 companies inside of that uh, index is the the fear of losing money is a myth. It's it's never happened. It's certainly gone up and down. And what I think people do is they call volatility risk. But so when when they think volatility, 
market's down 25%. Like you said, they call that volatile. They don't call it volatile when it's up 25%, but that's what it right. is. Right? right. And that the volatility itself is what rewards you over time. So I would say when you, when you think, and if you hear somebody say, well, I don't need to take that much risk, or I don't, or I need to take more risk. The, in essence, the definition of that is the, the real risk you're trying to guard against is the risk against your purchasing power being depleted over time, which we're in a high inflation period right now. People are seeing like, you know, my dollar's not going as far. So the real risk to protect against is not volatility. That's actually a given. You know, it happens every year. The on average goes down about 14 percent each year for the last 40 years in uh, high to low. Um, and so that's normal. And you got to process that as normal. And what you guard against is that my dollars, you know, we tell the myth of the coffee can story in there. My dollars don't get protected and they don't buy as much in the future. That's the real risk. Inflation and taxes in the future is the real risk. Yeah, I think, you know, um, uh, after 2008, you know, when when the, everything crashed and most of us, you know, I know I lost about 50, 60 percent of my portfolio. But I was looking at it like, well, all right, I still got 20, 25 years, so I'm not going to panic, right? Uh, at, at my age now, if that happened, I would wonder, wow, how much runway is left? Right, am I going right. to be able to make that back? So for me personally, most of my money right now is in bonds and, mm -hmm. and money markets. Uh, you know, doesn't make as much, but I sleep really well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I think, but again, that was through consultation with a financial advisor and, and asking the exact questions that you were asking is, well, how much risk are you willing to take and what are your long-term goals and where do you want to be? And that sort of thing. So now, uh, do you guys do, because obviously people are going to look at this and say, well, those, those guys are smart. They're not only handsome, but they're smart. Um, so I read their book. Uh, I don't know any financial advisors. Can they contact you to, uh, do you guys do, you know, Zoom kind of conferences with people? I mean, how do, you, how do you deal with that? Yeah, absolutely. They can contact us via our website. There's the contact form at the bottom there. We're licensed in every state to do business with. And, you know, thanks to that great pandemic, you know, that that has been more of a way to do business where we've yeah, actually sure. picked up a lot of clients that are out of our region and area. And uh, we do have Zoom meetings with those clients and calls and, and other outreaches. Yeah, we have, we have clients coast to coast, uh, you know, been at it 32 years now. And combination of just making friends in different places and and you know life happening and people be from being from here and moving to other places um you know the geography has never been a problem for us we actually have a network of advisors the horizon advisor network as well that we can plug in uh people into that may want a more local uh person but again geography hasn't been as much of a thing lately and that's Let that would be at the runway runway decade the runway decade.com runwaydecade.com yes yeah without the the at the beginning oh, runway decade <laughs> okay sorry we keep cutting each other off cuz i think we're antsy to ask these questions or <laughs> i have a question do you guys ever do either um brief seminars or lunch and learns for companies to talk to their employees about 401k or their investments in it um do you ever do that 
Absolutely. So uh, Brother Andy and I, not pictured on the Zoom call, uh, <laughs> Brother Andy and I are the advisors on about 75 company retirement plans uh, in a wide array of sizes and industries. Um, and those plan sponsors engage with us to get in front of their employees uh, to do quarterly educational seminars, in some cases for some companies. Um, and then we also have webinars that companies that are really spread far out. Uh, you could go to our website, horizonfg.com. There's a couple of uh, webinars on Social Security and Medicare and things like that. I think the big thing on the general employee pool in the 401k space is financial wellness, especially in the last couple of years. And, and so that's a big push. And, and that's what we've been doing a lot of, really. Yeah, Bill is, uh, does a nice job with the presentations. He's got a, a background uh, right out of school. He was a sportscaster, so he's great on camera. The rest of us look like, you know, uh, idiots. Had a much better toupee back then. But. <laughs> yeah, but he, he did a nice Social Security uh, seminar that, that we did post up to our website that's very informative. And, uh, you know, he's a pro at it, so it's, it comes off pretty good, easy to listen to. Yeah, so, so the, the book, first of all, read the book, The Runway Decade. Uh, great book. It's a quick read. Thank and you, as they said, it's an intro to really get you thinking about what you need to do. And then if you want, because I think you'll find these guys to be very trustworthy looking, uh, you can go to the, you can go to runwaydecade.com and uh, they have more information there and, and a contact us button. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the other one was horizonfg.com. Yeah, horizonfg.com, yeah. Yeah, so, so you know, if, if you're in that situation that a lot of Americans are, where you're just beginning to wonder how many, uh, how many years you have left to, to earn uh, and what you're going to do, you know, Social Security is nice and hopefully it's going to be around a while, but it's not very much. You're going to need more than that if you want to live uh, the way you want to live. Um, check out the book. Check out the website. Um, Pete and Bill, thanks so much for doing this. I think you're going to be inspiring for our audience. And hopefully uh, a lot of people, you know, wake up and give you guys a call. Mike and Larry, thank you all, man. We enjoyed it. This was great. Thank you, great. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. This was Metal good. Metal Pod. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.